Well, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Unrestricted. My name is Ben Lieber. I hope you guys all had a great week. This week is a first for me. This is the first time ever. Now, I never got his true age, but I this has to be the youngest person I've ever sat down with here on Unrestricted. Uh, he just became SB Live's National Football Player of the Year. He was Minnesota's Mr. Football for 2021 season, this last football season. His name's Emmett Johnson. He played running back at Academy of Holy Angels right here in the Twin Cities. And he is now attending the University of Nebraska in Lincoln as a running back as well. So um, the quick backstory is, first of all, Emmett, you're going to hear is just really a, a an incredible human being. Um, I wish I had his humility, his perspective in life, um, his just even killedness when I was 18, 19 years old. Um, he already seems like he's got it pretty much figured out. Very personable, uh, great personality, and in a hell of a football player as well. But, um, you know, we got to know each other a few months ago before the football season started. He reached out to me on social media. I, I responded back to him. And I just did a little bit of research on who he was. I had some friends that went to Holy Angels, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we've kind of had this pen pal relationship for the last, you know, seven, eight months. And this is the first time ever that we've sat down and, and met. Although it was via a Zoom link, it's the first time we've ever seen each other face to face and communicated. So it really was a special moment for me. I hope it was a special moment for him to, uh, to finally meet face to face after communicating for months and months and months. And, um, you know, as you're going to hear in this podcast, you know, he reached out to me to get advice, but you're going to quickly hear <laughs> he doesn't need much advice from me. So I hope you guys really enjoy such a great human being. I think a guy and a student athlete that you can all cheer for. And, and I really think that has a, a very, very bright future ahead. So here he is on unrestricted Mr. E money, Emmett Johnson. Emmett, my man, what is happening? Do I call you Emmett? Do I call you E4? What's what's the proper greeting for you? Uh, it was E4 in high school, but now it's E Money. Is what people call me here now. So you can call me Emmett, whatever you like, but my nickname is E Money. So okay, because I read, I I did read that you you liked or were called at one time E4. So that's done. E4 is dead, huh? High school, yeah. That was a high school thing. So now it's time for college. Well. <laughs> so you upped your game from E4 to E-Money because you made that switch to college. You're like, no, nope, I got to do something way cooler than that. All right. Yeah. It's E-Money. Yeah. <laughs> well, who gave you E-Money then? Uh, I, I was uh, growing up, I, I used to love like math, money, everything like that. And E-Money used to be like my nickname, like middle school days. Yeah. People used to call me E-Money and then High school, my jersey number four it was like special, and people just started calling me E4. And like, I started after I scored, I started throwing up the E4 celebration and everything. And it just like the news caught on to it, and my friends caught on to it. And it was just a big trend in Minnesota. But like, now I'm in college, and I got 21 this year as a number. Uh, four is a number I could possibly switch to next year. But I was just like, that's kind of a high school thing. I don't really want to, you know, this is a new chapter, new school. I want to just start my own thing. And E-Money was just what I used to be called. So I didn't want to do anything too crazy. Just yeah. go back to what I used to be called. Yeah. 
Well, you know, this is super cool for me. Um, I, I got to give you props, man. You know, I'll, I'll kind of let everybody know kind of how our relationship is and how it started. Um, it's, it's all thanks to you. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a 43 year old guy, you know, you're a, you're a, a young high school kid at the time. And, you know, you hit me up on social media and, um, okay. you know, we've been talking for, oh my gosh, now it's been eight months, yeah. eight months now. Yeah. Like eight um, months. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. So I, I have to give you props. I don't think a lot of high school kids would hit up a, a grown adult and just say, Hey man, what's up? You know, just, uh, you know, one to chat and, and kind of exchange some pleasantries. And, you know, it's, it's a very mature thing for you to do. So I, I appreciate getting to know you. And this is really the first time that we've ever sat down face to face. We've always like communicated over text. Yeah. The funny thing is I had a teacher uh, named Mr. Marshak and he was my econ teacher and we're kind of just talking one day and he was talking about your uh, podcast or K fan or whatever that thing is. And yeah, he brought up your name and he was like, Oh uh, yeah. Have you heard about Ben Lieber? I think uh, one, one night he mentioned you or something like that. And I heard great things about you from like the Vikings in the past. And I grew up being a big Vikings fan, but it was just like to hear that. And then I really started doing more research on you and, like followed you uh-oh. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, not like that. Not anything bad, but like it was just to hear that from him. And then I looked you up. I, I seen you play before, like just in the past of Vikings highlights and all that. But to get to know you was like great for me. Uh for somebody who's been there and done that and been in the NFL, you've been through college, you know how life is. And it's just it's a blessing to be talking to you because you have so much, you know, you know so much about football and just life in general. And the vice is everything for me. Uh, then transition from high school to college advice is like a big thing to yeah. take in and really learn from. So I thank you for having me on the block on this show. Yeah, man. No, no problem, man. I, I think that you're, you're already way further along, um, than I ever was. I mean, your, your maturity level, the, I think just having the guts to reach out to somebody like that. I mean, I wasn't like that growing up. You know, I certainly was, would probably overthink and be like, nah, man, that's kind of weird. I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach out to that person or whatever. They're not going to, you know, reach back to me. And, um, yeah. so it's cool, man. It's cool that you did that. And, you know, I heard a lot of good things about you. And I think, I think the conversation and the time you're talking about is, uh, I was on the fan one day and my daughter is going to go to Benilde next year. And at the time we were kind of looking at schools uh it was right around the time Benilde had their their homecoming game against you guys at academy and um so i i was told kind of before the game like oh you gotta watch this emmett emmett johnson guy you know he's yeah. he's a legit player and one of my one of my really good friends um was a graduate of holy angels and and so he knew he knew about you so i i was like it's kind of a twofold thing like i want to check out the school i want to check out the school spirit homecoming all that stuff for my daughter and then I get a chance to watch you play and dude, you kick their ass. I mean, I, I'm like, every time they hand the ball off, I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, there he goes again. Like, my God, they can't catch this guy. I mean, it was, it was impressive, man. You, you, you showed out that game. Like you showed out the whole season. Yeah. BSM, that's a team. Like they left a bad taste in my mouth after my freshman year, I played with my brother and he transferred over here from Washburn high school. So he only played for, only for one year. And it was my first time playing with him uh, on the football field. And they ended our season my freshman year. And it was just a really sad ending because we beat them during the regular season and then we lost the playoffs. And so it was just like they really it really left motivation. And BSM has just been a big rival school in any sport, uh, Holy Angels. So 
after that year, I was just like, I don't want to lose this team again. So, like, every time we play them, I would just go super hard. And so my senior year, I, we didn't lose them in basketball or football my senior year, which was, like, great. So, <laughs> Well, the way that you played your senior year, I don't think that you uh, you didn't take anybody lightly. You definitely had a chip on your shoulder, dude. <laughs> you crushed it. Yeah, for sure. Is, is there any other teams other than BSM that you kind of had that those kind of ill feelings towards? Uh, I would say another team would be like Cooper, uh, Robinsdale Cooper, because uh, we played them my sophomore year and the game ended in overtime and we lost. But it was kind of just like a regular game, but it turned into like a big rival game. And so we played them my junior year, another big rival game. But it was the COVID year, so there wasn't that many fans. Uh, but that was a game being talked about on social media. We played them my junior year. We had like three of our best players out uh, because of like COVID and everything. And so that game, I had to play some linebacker, had to play like some corner, like all types of positions. And we ended up winning, if I can remember the score, it was like 35 to like 28, something like that. And I had five touchdowns against them, but it was like a grind out win. Like we were down 14 in the fourth quarter. And then I had like this 80 yard run and then like the game just switched and we ended up winning. But after that, my senior year, that game was just talked about like, cause there's a kid named Jackson. I don't know if you know about him, uh, Jackson Howard, who was, uh, I've heard the name. Yeah. Yeah. He just committed to LSU recently. And it was just being talked about like, Oh, Jackson this year, he's going to come back and it's going to be a competition. Like they're going to beat you guys. And people were like gambling basically on our game, like betting like money on it. And I just I didn't really do any of the social media like talking and everything, but it was a game that was hyped up since my sophomore year and then my senior year. Uh, they played us at home, which is great to play them at home again. And I have this year had six touchdowns and we won the game by like, I think, three or four touchdowns. Like It wasn't even close, but people expected us to get blown out. So that was a game that I really like was looking up to my senior year. And that was like a week in practice where like all my teammates were so focused and we all knew what we were doing just off of playing them in the past. So that I said those two schools like BSM and Cooper were big, like rival schools. And I'm glad we beat them this year. It was like, it was a sold out crowd. Like a lot of people came out to watch. And so I was just excited about that game and he's going to LSU now. So it was a great matchup. We've yeah. matched up for three years straight and we've been going at it. So. Isn't that kind of wild when you as a team know that there's a big game coming up and you can, there's such a difference in the way you approach practice during that week. And yeah. you, and I, and I gotta, ha I gotta think as a coach, you're like, guys, why can't we have this sort of focus every week? Like every, we tell you guys every week is a big game, but there's just something different about the big, big games. And to walk into those practices, like on a Monday, it's like, Oh yeah, hell yeah. It's, it's on. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the BSM game was right before that. The Bunnell game was like right before that. So People were talking about the Cooper game, but Bunnell is a big rival game, so that helped us focus on Bunnell for that week. But after that, everybody was like, "It's time for Cooper now." Like, so are you? Did you get a chance to in your high school days? Did you get a chance to really get to know some of the other top talented guys around the state? And, and do you stay in touch with them? Yeah, uh, I'll say for my freshman year, uh, there's a kid named uh, Danny Striga. I think he was a he was a senior when I was a sophomore. I played against him and he's at the U of M now. Uh, and so like now we're going to be playing against each other again in college. But he was a guy that I got to know over the years. Uh, kid named Max, he's a wrestler from Oconia. Uh, he's committed to U of M for uh, wrestling, but he's a really good football player as well. And I got to know him over the past years. But I'll say like there's only been a couple guys that really stuck out. 
uh, everybody else I've been friends with, but a couple guys are going to continue to play in college, uh, stuff like that. So, and my brother, he, he's a senior, he was a senior when I was a freshman and some of his friends uh, on the basketball side of things too, cause I played basketball as well. Uh, like Tyrell Terry, uh, Jameson Battle, some good kids from Deal Cell. Oh yeah, got to know them uh, as well, and like build a great relationship with them. So and some of those kids are playing the NBA now, playing in college. So it's just it's been good to you know get to know them over the past years. Yeah, how valuable was that for you when you look back? I know you probably haven't had a ton of time to reflect on your high school days already because you're just, I mean, you're just a few, you know, really a few weeks out. But yeah, you know, having having an older sibling sort of you know, kind of guide you, guide you through and you get to watch and observe and sort of, um, you know, soak in all that stuff. I mean, that, that had to have been pretty important for you in your development through high school. Yeah, it was definitely a big, uh, development since ever since I was younger, you know, watching my brother's team play, going to their games and just like seeing how much faster and up-tempo it was. Uh, when I was younger, I played sometimes with my brother's team, which also helped me like I've been playing against older kids, so now when it's time to play against my own grade, you know, it's going to be a lot easier. And so that was, I think that's a, it's a big blessing. Uh, I appreciate my brother. I tell him that almost every day. He's like a big reason of why I'm here today. Uh, he's one of those guys who just keeps me in check. Like, I'm not going to lie, I, I used to look into rankings and stuff like that when I was younger. And he would just tell me, like, don't ever focus on rankings. Like, just trust yourself and just work hard. And so we work out together a lot. It's, it's weird being alone now without him, but we work out a lot together. And he's one of the guys who just, you know, maybe a better person. Like I became way more humble listening to him and just not speaking on the media, social media and stuff like that. Limiting that helped me a lot. And I say a lot of kids don't really have that like older brother or somebody to tell them that. So he's he's been a big part of my success. And I've been in contact with him now. I just I just told him how excited I was to talk to you today just now like that's <laughs> oh, nice yeah he's he's always been there for me and he's gonna continue to be there for me yeah. now at the college level it's gonna be you know a lot tougher so well where do you think that he gets his his wise nature from i i have to imagine that growing up with social media and growing up with just having you know little handheld devices that can do everything who do you think taught him and showed him sort of the wise ways of like, dude, this thing can be poisonous. You know, you need to stay off this stuff. You need to keep your mind straight. You know, even looking at rankings and stuff, regardless of social media, you know, guys can get tied up into just looking at a website and being like, oh man, I'm getting disrespected and this and that. And you get caught up in all these metrics. And where do you think that he learned some of that humility from and that, that focus? Yeah, I definitely feel like my father uh, played a big part in that just how we were raised as kids. My uh, parents are both, uh, they immigrated from Liberia, Africa. They're both from Africa. Uh, and they came here around, during the wartime around when I was there around my age. And they came to Minnesota. And my dad's always been like a humble person. And like, he's really taught us how to be like great people. Like our whole family is known for like great character and everything like that. And my brother, he kind of just took that to another level he loved sports growing up. Like he was a sports genius. So like he, he definitely has like, I've learned more about players now, but he's known so much about players. We, we studied great running backs, like, like Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. We watched a lot of those guys. And even the old running backs, like Mike Rozier, players who played here in Nebraska, I've got so much more into that. And it's because of him, like he, he knows so much about sports with my dad definitely paved the way for us. Uh, just having being a humble person and raising us the right way. And my brother just really took that to another level. So he's, 
definitely my dad will be that person who's been a role model for us. So do I understand this correctly that, that your dad, both your parents, um, you know, first generation Liberian and your dad was, was there during the civil war in Liberia. Is that correct? Yeah, he was. He's told us so many like stories about it, which is like crazy that he even, you know, made it to Minnesota. I mean, he experienced a lot of the crazy things going on during the war. Uh, he told us some stories about it. Like, I really know why he's so like brave now and like just because of the stories he's told us. And so it's a big blessing that he was able to make it here. Uh, his family members, most of them are all here in Minnesota now. And so like I went there one time, we traveled there when we were younger to Africa, but I definitely want to go back someday. Uh, there's some really nice parts of Africa that people don't really know about. You know, if people see Africa from like the websites and the social media, but there's a lot of great places uh, in Africa. A lot of like, yeah, a lot of great places, a lot of smart people there. Uh, but he definitely like, he's a really brave person. I look up to him, I call him every day. And yeah, he's, he's just a great guy. My dad's a great guy. Is there one particular story that he's told you that kind of like really resonates with you? Uh, at first, I didn't really know how like serious it was. So I just like, I kept, I, one day I just got home and I was like, dad, so like how it was the war? Like I wanted to know more about it. And he was just like, man, you don't even know, know how crazy it is. Like he experienced, you know, bombs, like he ran away from home and everything like one time and uh, eventually reunited with uh, his brother and everything but like it was that story that really i was just like man like <laughs> my dad went through some some things people never will experience in their lifetime and like that just makes me want to go harder at the end of the day uh the fact that he raised us uh just teaching us the right ways and he raised us in a good way you know he a lot of people uh have parents who are gone and you know not with them i know a lot of my friends don't have their you know father with them anymore but He's really pushed me and my brother to be great people, as well as my sister, our older sister right now. She, uh, she's taking nursing school right now, and she's trying to be a nurse. But yeah, he's somebody that motivates me every day, and I just want to be able to be the best person I can be at the college level, and eventually someday, you know, help my parents, you know, not have to work as much, or you know, go back to Africa, help the kids grow up the right way, stuff like that. So. Man, that's that is. That's yeah. freaking incredible um, to have that perspective. I mean, it, I think that a lot of there's a lot of silver lines with some of that stuff. But you look at him like, well, I would never want to have to go through a civil war to get this perspective on life, you know. And he obviously had to go through that. Um, what was the what brought them to Minnesota specifically? Did they have our family members already here and friends? How did they? What was the connection? Yeah, uh, they had some friends here and stuff, but they originally were in New York. Uh, that's where most of his family were. And then uh, after living there for a few years, they decided to come to Minnesota. And a lot of, actually a lot of Africans, uh, Liberians uh, specifically came to Minnesota after that time. So this was kind of the spot that everybody uh, just like reunited to. But he said he went to New York at first. That's where they first like gathered. That's where my that's where my aunt lives now. A lot of my family members still live in New York right now. But Are you like talking the city or just kind of like stateside in New York? Yeah, the city. Yep. New York City. Yep. Right, man. Yeah. Twin Cities is way better than New York City. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've traveled there a couple of times, so I'll say it's better here. But I like going shopping out there in New York and just being out there. Some of the food's good, too. Well, yeah. I, I always say that 
New York City is, is an awesome weekend place, but I cannot imagine growing up in the city or even or even in some of the surrounding boroughs. Man, dude, that that is a one congested place. I mean, yeah. it's nuts. But you're right. Great food. Great nightlife. I mean, the, the vibe is awesome. Yeah, it is for sure. So how did you get from you were in South Minneapolis and then it was your eighth grade year. You went to Academy of Holy Angels. You know, what was what uh, was that process like? Yeah, was it was my freshman year. Uh, so I grew up uh, playing for Washburn my eighth grade year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played basketball for them. I didn't play football for them. I played for Phelps, who was a park in South Minneapolis. Uh, so I, I played for Washburn my eighth grade year. My brother went to Washburn for three years. Uh, after his junior year, Holy Angels was a school. I was looking at other schools like Minnehaha, uh, with Jalen, you know, they wanted me to come play with them there. Hopkins, there's a couple other good schools, but Holy Angels is one of those schools where I can like come in and like start my own thing. You know, a lot of the guys had like powerhouses and, you know, good teams, but I, I went to Holy Angels and then my brother, he was thinking about going to Hopkins to play basketball. Uh, that's what he wanted to focus on was basketball. And so. The coach uh, from Holy Angels, uh, they got me. And then a couple weeks later, you know, they called back. They're like, oh, you have a brother too? <laughs> we didn't know about him. Like, and so I was like, yeah. And uh, our school is really expensive. Holy Angels is a really expensive school. And so I was blessed to have a good scholarship uh, academic-wise. And it was a really good school academically. Like, that school really set me up for college now where, like, I come to college now and school is easier, in my opinion, than high school. And so that really set me up for success. And so my brother ended up coming there with me. Uh, and yeah, we started playing together and we went to state my freshman year of basketball. And that was like the first time I'm going to stay in like 18 years, something like that. So we made oh, dang. history. Yeah. And so Holy Angels was a school that I could come in uh, and like bring some of my friends with me. Uh, I would be set up for college the right way. And football was good at the time. They, they won a state championship before I got there. Uh, but the basketball team and everything was just something for I can come in and make an immediate impact. But yeah. my freshman year, I, I didn't play as much varsity football as I really wanted to. I started for basketball, but for football, I didn't play as much. And so it was like a really humbling year for me. Like I started talking to my coach and I was like, what can I do to, you know, play more? Because I freshman year, I was athletic. I wasn't super strong. Like I was quick, fast. I felt like I could have made an impact, but. I really that really just made me work harder in the offseason until my sophomore year. I ended up starting at running back. I started at slot my freshman year, but then I started starting at running back. And from there, it really just took off. Like after I rushed for like 1,200 yards my sophomore year, after that, I just kept working. And, yeah. you know, schools are coming in, but I didn't get like the most love I wanted, like recruiting wise. And so I just kept, it is all motivation. Everything motivated me just to get stronger. And so my first offer was junior, my junior year. Yeah. And my junior year. So. Yeah. yeah you said really, the, end, the end of your junior year. Oh uh, yeah. Like during the season, like towards the end, that's yeah. what I, my first uh, scholarship offer. You know, so how does that work nowadays? Cause it's been my goodness, you know, over 20 years, you know, what, you know, 20 some plus years when I got recruited at a high school, you know, we just had, I would just get letters, you know, I, I got old fashioned letters in the mail. And I guess you call that re- the recruiting process. Like what is the recruiting process nowadays? Like when that first team kind of reached out to you, was it via text? Did they reach out on your huddle? You know, 
what what is the process like for these these uh the new recruiting generation yeah it's it's probably definitely a lot different than your time like now twitter is a big resource for recruiting so you put your film on twitter you know people tag coaches that's just a way you can reach out and talk to a lot of coaches but then some coaches ended up ended up like getting my number uh and building a relationship that way but it's not really the mail comes and stuff but that's not really where you can get like the offers and stuff it's more of like phone calls um meeting with the coach in person uh nebraska believe it or not was my only uh like face-to-face uh offer from my coach frost that was my only time getting offered in person and most of them were over the phone but just coming here and seeing the facility and seeing the school seeing everything about it was like better for me like i, yeah. I talked to some great coaches on the phone but you don't really know how they are and what the school is like until you get the feel for it in person. And so that was a big thing in the recruiting process, but it's just a lot of phone calls, a lot of stressful phone calls, I would say. So do they call you like what's legally, what can they do do you have to call them? Can they just like text you and then you have to call them? Like, how does that work? Yeah. You, most of the time uh, you have to call them. I'm pretty sure there's like some rules behind it. Uh, There's a certain uh, period of time where coaches can like come into your school and visit or like they can talk to you for a certain amount of time. And there's like a dead period where they can't talk to you as much and stuff like that. So there's a lot of different rules and stuff, but <laughs> I talked to a lot of schools over the years, a lot of stressful phone calls, a lot of good phone calls, just a lot of different emotions going on through that whole process. Well, right. It sounds, it sounds yeah. really overwhelming. I mean, you're trying to be, just be a high school kid and you're trying to keep your head on straight. And then you're trying to, then you're having adult conversations with these guys and look, I think we all know what recruiting is. I mean, there's a, there's a portion of recruiting that's kind of like you know, a little bit of ass kissing, you know, it's like, are you getting a, you getting a real person here when you're talking to this guy on the phone who yeah. you don't even know, were you doing research on some of these guys and these coaches before you even talk to them? Like, just like you do for like schoolwork, like background yeah. information, <laughs> checking up on who they are. I definitely was. I mean, there was a certain amount of time where I was just talking to a lot of them, but like I said, my brother is a big part. He was just like, you know, let me look up this coach and see what his history is or see what he's done and stuff like that. So I started looking up coaches more uh, before I talked to them, knowing their background and everything was just big to like, you know, for like the recruiting process. So I, I could tell when a coach was like positive and good. And when a coach kind of just want to like pressure you into like committing or like going somewhere. So it was mostly the coaches that were more patient with me and throughout the whole process that were like the coaches that were better for me because some coaches really just wanted me to commit, you know, right away. They wanted me to get there as fast as possible, but I wanted to take my time and enjoy my senior year rather than just focusing on college. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I, I think that's, like I said, man, you're so, you're so wise and grounded and mature. I mean, it's, it's a lot of distractions and, and I can understand how a, uh, an athlete of your caliber as a 17, 18 year old can get caught up and they're like, man, this is really cool. You know, like this is, you know, you kind of puff your chest out a little bit and, uh, maybe, you know, kind of lose your way a little bit and not focus on the things that are important for your senior year. But it seems like you had a goal your senior year to like, I'm going to enjoy my senior year. Like I, I want to enjoy this. My last year of high school with my boys and, and my number one focus is to not let this distract me. And you were able to do that. Yeah, for sure. That was a, that was a hard time. Like I was trying to limit, you know, all the college stuff and everything and just enjoy everything with my teammates. That was the best part of high school is just like the pregame stuff throughout the week and just like hanging out with my friends, 
before the game. Those are like the parts that I'll definitely remember. You know, Friday night lights is the best part of the week, but like I remember all the experiences and going to work with all my friends and everything. That was just a fun experience. Yeah. Unrestricted is proud to partner with Jack's Cafe, an iconic Minneapolis steakhouse family owned since 1933. That's four generations of Minnesotans who have made their memories at Jack's Cafe. If you're looking for a date night, a family night, happy hour, a place to eat and drink before or after a game, or just a boozy weekend brunch, head on over to Jack's Cafe in Northeast Minneapolis. Need something more private? Well, Jack's has five private dining spaces for groups ranging from 25 people all the way to 250 people, and you have to see their new outdoor dining space. Rain or shine, it's the freshest new outdoor hangout spot. Just make sure to bring your appetite. This original steakhouse has all the essentials. Steaks, chops, ribs, their famous prime rib. But if you're in the mood for fish and seafood, well, Jack's has you covered. Take your pick of fresh lobster right from the live lobster tank. And Jack's has a -a one-of-a-kind trout stream right in the backyard. Yep, you want fresh trout? You can hand-select and net the trout that you want. I guarantee you've never tasted something more fresh. So make your way to Jack's Cafe and check them out at jackscafe.com. That's J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. An original steakhouse serving steaks, not trends. So how many would you say was actively recruiting you how many how many schools like how many conversations were you legit having uh yeah i would say like probably like 10 15 schools that i was like in contact with every day it would be like i get a phone call from one and then i'll chill and i get a random one for another school so it was uh sometimes it was stressful when like i didn't know when they're gonna want to call or talk and they would just call at a random time like when i'm hanging out with a friend then i'll have to go in the room and just like have a private phone call with a coach. Those are the times that are more stressful, but the coaches that set up time to talk, those are like the coaches I like better than the coaches that just call it at random times. Yeah. So, so what was like your top five, your top five schools when it ultimately, obviously you chose Nebraska, you did, you took an official visit, Scott Frost in front of your whole family, you know, verbally says out of his own mouth, Hey, I want you to come here on a scholarship, but so we kind of know that story, but so who are the other four teams that were in serious consideration? Yeah, I'll definitely say my dream school, uh, Oregon, was uh, definitely a top school because the coach was at Western Kentucky and he offered me a scholarship to play there and he loved everything about my game. And he was a coach who wanted me to go to Western Kentucky, but he was like, if you need help with any other schools, I just want to find the best fit for you. Uh, and that meant a lot to me because a lot of coaches just want to say what you want to hear just yeah. for them to come to their school. And so uh, he moved to Oregon and he was a running back coach there right now. And so I was talking to him around when Nebraska was like around one time they offered me and he was just like, Nebraska is a great school. I think you definitely will fit in well there. Uh, but if anything doesn't go well, like he said, Oregon's, you know, the Ooh, home. Oregon. I, <laughs> I grew up like loving Oregon, like, the jerseys, like oh, the swag. Oh, yeah. this the, it's the swaggiest team in football. Yeah, like I grew up, and so they were definitely a top school. Uh, UNLV was another one. I went out to their camp in Vegas, and they were recruiting me really hard. And they were another school that was just like Nebraska's a great fit for you. We want you here too as well. Uh, like they just said, if you don't go to Nebraska, this year's a spot that we want you to go. And then uh, Northern Iowa, you and I was another one just because that was my first scholarship offer. And the coach that offered me, uh, Coach Brookins, 
he was just a good guy. And like every single school that was in my top five were schools that like didn't want to rush anything. You know, they, they really cared about me, cared about me like being a student and enjoying my senior year rather than just focus on their school. And so you and I was my first scholarship offer. And so I was just like, they've been loyal the whole time. They're the first yeah. school to really see that in me. And so they would have been in my top five. Uh, that's big. Two more schools. Let me think. Uh, you don't, you don't have, you don't have to rack your brand. Yeah. Fresno state, uh, yeah. in California, another school that reached out to me kind of later on, but they wanted me to come on a visit and everything official visit. And the coach at the time they were dealing with like not knowing if they're going to come back, uh, or leave. Cause a lot of coaching and no staff happens a lot. Like a lot of coaches go different places after, uh, yeah. Cause so. DeBoer is up in Washington now, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So their coach left, ended up leaving. But so that's why I, I, I kind of stopped, you know, with them because they recruited me. But the coach was like, yeah, some of our coaches might leave. He, he kept it real, which was great. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a good thing. And then uh, I definitely said like Montana or SDSU, the Jackrabbits was a good, another yeah. good school. I went to their football camp, like with our team, our team camp, my freshman, sophomore year. And so, like, I grew up kind of just showing out for the coaches, but then they kind of seen my elevation and talked about how, like, I grew as, like, a person, player, and my game got a lot better. And the coach, the head coach, uh, he's a really good guy. Uh, I talked to him multiple times on the phone. Uh, coach Berge, who was one of their coaches, he's gone now, but he came up to my school. He's really close with my coach, uh, Helly Angels. And so that was just another school that I see myself in, you know, it was – it wasn't as big as I really always wanted to play in, but a school that I could see myself like fitting in. Yeah. Well, yeah. well South Dakota state's done a tremendous job. Um, their facilities are outstanding, as you know, um, for, for that level of football. I grew up, you know, I grew up going to, um, I was in Vermilion, South Dakota. So SDSU was a rival of university of South Dakota, right in my hometown. My brother played at the university of South Dakota. He was a coyote. Um, so I've always just kind of been envious of what the Jackrabbits have been able to do. Cause you know, USD's kind of, kind of inching up there. They just yeah. don't quite have the money and resources. And, and I think the clout at this point, but they're getting better. Um, but yeah, those, those damn Jackrabbits, they've, they've got a good squad. They really do. And they, they push out some NFL talent. Yeah, they do too. That's another thing. Uh, they just drafted a running back this past year. Yeah. yeah he's, he's pretty fast too. He ran a good 40 time, I believe, but. Yeah, they develop players well, which is a good thing for me too. Yeah. So so no Minnesota schools were on that list. Oh, that's the one squad. So the Gophers, I definitely they were definitely my top five. If I had to take out like SDSU or Fresno State, probably Fresno State, but the U of M uh was in my top five. And I grew up, you know, watching guys like Tyler Johnson, Jeff Jones. There's a lot of good players out of Minnesota, Rashid Hageman. Yeah, I grew up watching them uh, play for the Gophers, and I've always been a hometown, you know, kid. I grew up in the city, like I would love to play for my hometown. So they recruited me starting my sophomore year, I believe, until my senior year, and we we're kind of just going through the process. Uh, they wanted me to come to their camp, you know, to prove something, I guess, like my skill set. And I went to their camp, and a lot of people were there from Minnesota, like all the the good talented kids in Minnesota were there, and I showed out like crazy like I showed out so well and after they were just like in contact with me but I didn't get an offer from them and so I was you just never like never got an offer ever 
ever. So I, I went into my season, my senior season with a chip on my shoulder, like, okay, maybe they want to see something different. That's part right. of the reason why I'm like, I'll just prove in my senior year, you know what I'm saying? So I went in my senior year and like the numbers speak for itself, like yeah, accolades and everything. I won Mr. Football. And even after that, I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's what it took to get the offer. But after that, they still didn't offer me. And so I was just like, I know now that it's not my fault. You know what I'm saying? That they probably yeah. didn't offer me a scholarship. My coach was even asking them. And uh, they started recruiting me late when Nebraska uh, came around. And they were like, uh, Coach, Coach Gundy, we see that Emmett's getting a lot faster and stronger. Like his game looks a lot better than his junior year. And then my coach was just like, yep, he's been working. But he's not. he's going to go somewhere where he's like wanted and not somewhere, you know where he's just off the hype and everything. And so, like, if they would have offered me, I definitely feel like I would have stayed home and went to the Gophers. But Oh, really? So yeah, all, they, all they had to do was just show some early love and some legitimate love, and you... Yeah, I definitely... I mean, playing in front of my hometown, in front of all my friends are still here in Minnesota. A lot of my friends go to the U of M right now. My family's right, literally, 15 minutes, 20 minutes from the stadium. Everybody that like I grew up with would be able to come and watch me, and playing for your hometown is just, it's a different feeling, you know, like yeah, playing for Minnesota under the lights would just mean everything for me, but I'm glad everything's over with now. I found the right home We're I'm in the big 10 still. We play them every yeah. year. So <laughs> we're going to get to play them with the Gophers every year. So that's going to be a great. So you don't, you don't think that there would have been some added pressure to, uh, to play in front of your hometown crowd and your family and friends there. And maybe the distraction of just, trying to entertain all these people that want to come see you on a Friday night or something before a game. Do you think uh, about that part of it? Yeah, I definitely feel like there'll be pressure, but it's like, I've already been through so much like adversity and like everything in the recruiting world where, to the point where I'm just confident in myself. And I know that if I just trust myself and work hard, work on the things that I really need to work on, like, I don't think I'll have a problem like anywhere playing in the country. So, I mean, it would have been pressure for sure, but I think that would have really, showed who I really am. And I think I would have rose uh, to the occasion, but now we get to play them at home this year uh, in Lincoln, which will November be November 5th. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which will be special. And then next year I get to come back home in front of, you know, family, friends and play them there. So it's, it's a great thing that I came here. I, I, I don't regret my decision at all. Like even if the Gophers were to offer me that late, I don't think I would have went there just because of the fact they've been seeing me for the past four years in their hometown and they still didn't yeah. offer me. I'm glad I came here and I love everything about Nebraska. I love it here a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it is, um, I think feeling that legitimate love is, is a real thing. I mean, that's, that's not just, um, hyperbole. I mean, I think that that's, uh, you want to feel wanted, you know, and as much as your, your desire and motivation is to kind of be there for the hometown team, the, the team that you grew up for, man, this is a chance for you to kind of do what you, it's almost, it almost falls into the same lines of you choosing to go to Holy Angels. You know, you wanted to carve out your own path. Like, do you want to go to Minnehaha Academy and just kind of jump on board with something that's already kind of going, or do you want to, you know, carve your own path and make your own way? And it seemed like that was a motivating factor for you when you're a freshman. So, you know, in the end, it almost seems like this is the same, the same scenario, you know, Yeah. you get sure. to go, you get to go to Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, all the way from Minneapolis and, and you do you, you know, carve out a path, a path that makes sense for you. Yeah. It's like, I've went to a lot of camps and 
even coming here and like kids just ask me like where are you from and i'm just from minnesota they're just like minnesota like they don't even expect it like kid from minnesota to even be here and so like i definitely feel like it's gonna be good to put like minnesota on the map as well as just like motivate the younger kids in minnesota like let them know that they can go and do great things anywhere like not just in the state not just around here but they can do great things anywhere and whatever they put their mind to they could be great so. yeah you know what's funny about that is a kind of a similar story when i got to kansas state yeah. you know everybody kind of everybody's getting to know each other they want to know where you're from and all this other stuff and i would say yeah. you know I'm from, I'm from south dakota now you don't have this problem because you say you're from minneapolis that's a big metropolitan area i say yeah. south dakota and they would be like i had legitimate questions of do you have color tv do you guys still have like yeah. you know hor horse and carriages and horses and buggies like and i'm like <laughs> yeah man like we have cars we have color tv you know like yeah. i didn't grow up in a big metropolitan area but we're, we're not that different you know yeah sure what was your like experience like like going to kansas state and then like how the transition was from high school to there and then like from there to the nfl like how was the transition for you uh i would say that you're going through in my mind the hardest transition because you're still your brain is still young and you really don't know what it feels like to be independent you know making that jump from college to the pros you've already kind of gone through four or five years of being independent kind of knowing figuring out who you are um and it's not as scary I think the scariest part is kind of what you're going through now. And I think, I think it's very smart for you to do what you you're doing right now to, to go there in the summertime, get acclimated. Um, it sounds like you, are you doing some semblance of summer school? Yeah. I just finished my first uh, class with the A. <laughs> so I have a four point right now, but it's, yeah. Yeah, I've already take school. Yeah. I've already started school here, but my other classes start late August, I believe, but the first week we miss it because of our Ireland trip. So, Oh, yeah. right. Right. Yeah, I know. I think you're doing it smart. I mean, it's yeah. take it in small chunks, you know, get to know the get to know your teammates, the staff, how everything's going. And I'm you know, that's the question I was going to ask you as well is just like how overwhelming was it the first few weeks when you, know, you walk on campus and every person you meet is a new person. Strength staff, they might have three or four assistants. Got to get to know them. Equipment yeah. guys, equipment guys, they're in charge of, you know, they're they're the unsung heroes of kind of the whole thing you know you got to get to know those guys and 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 my word of advice you really get to know those guys because they can help you out dude. <laughs> like yeah. and those equipment guys they're they uh they're good guys to know then obviously you've got your coaches everybody on the staff um you know people at training table the people that feed you you know yeah. then you get then you got study table and how, how many how many tutors and all this other stuff like there's just so much that is thrown at you and um, it can be really overwhelming. And then, and then they also ask you, you got to show up, you got to get, you got to give everything you've got for this workout. You got to give everything you got for this playbook. You're doing summer school, which I didn't do my first summer. I just, I just uh, jumped into the football portion of it, but you've got a lot going on. So how, how has it been the first few weeks? Yeah, uh, I'll definitely say I knew uh, a lot of the kids off of like social media and stuff at, uh, before, uh, but when I came to campus at first, you know, I met people pretty easily. I mean, uh, there's this freshman thing we do, all the freshmen's uh, a little class that we have, life skills, where they have like guest speakers that come in and talk about how important it is in the transition from high school to college and what you got to know 
for the future. And so I met a lot of the freshmen through that. But football-wise and staff-wise, I was good with names. I, I, I tried to study the names before, but when I see them now in person, it's easy to, you know, remember people now. But there's so many people and a lot of things to remember. You know, I'm trying to make sure I, I know all my old linemen's names because those are the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try to remember those names, uh, the teachers, staff. I'll definitely say I transitioned like pretty easily. Like I meet people easily, but the names and everything, I'll say it took me like two to three weeks to know most of the names. And I'm still learning some now, but like the names that I really need to know, uh, the strength coaches, uh, the nutrition guys for sure. Cause they really feed us well here. Like we get to eat a lot of food and I just, I thank them every day. And coach Frost came up to me uh, like a week or two ago. And he's just like, I've been hearing some great things about you. Like, keep it up. Like, not even just football wise, but just being a great person. And that's yeah. what I want to make sure that I like brought here is not just the football Emmett, you know, the Emmett that's a great person, you know, Emmett that's willing to help the community. I've been doing some camps with the kids and everything. And so that's just been, it's been a, uh, not a, a super easy transition, but it's been a good transition for me just to who the person I am. It's easy yeah. to meet people. So yeah. it hasn't been super bad, but I'm still getting to know people and everything. Yeah. You know what, man, you're, you're on a great track. You continue just to be, um, gracious and appreciative and humble. I mean, that's really, that's really what it is because that humility in your regular life compared to your football life is it's the same thing. If you realize that every day that, you know, you got to work on something, you got to improve on something that, that there's always something to kind of work on, whether it's getting to know somebody on, a, on, on the staff or, you know, treating people the right way or picking up that block or understanding that the angle, the angle on that, on that zone read, you know, all of those things of just being like hungry and humble, like that's a real thing, you know, yeah. that it, it, it really is. And it's something it's, it's just a skill just like anything else. It can be sharpened. It can be honed. It can be worked on. Um, you're already on the, on a, on the right path. So just, so just keep that portion of it going. And like, like coach Frost is saying, those, everybody talks and you know, the good people are going to get talked about and the turds are going to get talked about. Right. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, everybody's going to talk. It's, it's a big family, but it's a small family. So yeah. continue to, uh, to keep going about your business, you know, and do those things and make an impact that in a positive impact in that way as well. Yeah. Sure. And all, and all of that is just going to help you on the field because it's human nature. I think for coaches to give opportunities to guys, they feel like have earned it. And if you become one of their kind of favorites, you might get a few more touches. Yep. That might be an opportunity for you to showcase yourself. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you break off another one of these crazy 85 yard runs where you're breaking people's ankles yeah. and you start turning heads. And then all of a sudden now the communication in the PR department who you've gotten to know who they really like as well, they're going to want to promote you, you yeah. know, you're, they're going to want to promote the good guys. Now they've got to promote, you know, even the guys that maybe aren't as nice, but are super talented. Yeah they might grit through their teeth and be like, Oh, son of a bitch. I got to push this guy, even though uh, he's kind of a bad dude, but you know, good football player, they're going to bend over backwards. If you're, if you treat them with respect, because every person in that program has an important job, yeah. you know, it's maybe not quite as out there as the players on the field, yeah. but that's why I was saying like those equipment guys, it seems like they're just doing a lot of like grunt work. 
that's hard work, man. Those guys put in long hours. Those trainers, those trainers are there all day long. You guys will go to, you guys will go to class. You guys will go to football. You'll go to study table and they're there rehabbing people the whole time, you know? So, you know, keep that, that open world perspective of, um, there's a lot of people that's going to help you become successful and they're grinding as much as you're grinding, even though they're not doing it on the field. Yeah. I'll definitely say like, it's a blessing as well. Like just everything about being here. Like I've never grown up having like free food or just being able to grab anything I want to eat out of this or have the right meal plans and everything. So I'm really just trying to take advantage of my resources here. Uh, the strength program is like really good. And then on the football side of it, you know, there's a lot of great athletes, a lot of great players, but it's like some players go to NFL. Uh, let's say football doesn't work out for them. Like, what are they going to have after right. uh, football? And so that's one of the biggest things I want to have, just build relationships with people and have life after football, be able to do stuff outside of just football because football doesn't last forever. You know, some people's careers end short and some yeah. people's careers that go long. But I just want to have, you know, the most knowledge that I can about everything in the world just to be able to have something to rely on after football, you know, the fo- yeah. football money is great, but if you can do something great in the community, start your own business. Like I already got my own brand coming into college. So that's yeah. just like the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So what has that experience been like to be, we're also asking student athletes now because of the NILs to be, to be business people, you know, and maybe not them directly, but surround themselves with the right people and try to find the right people that can navigate that sort of thing. What's, what's the NL life NLI life been like for you with your own brand, knowing that there's an opportunity to get paid for being a student athlete? Yeah. I mean, it definitely changes the way, you know, that I look at, you know, just football, but my brand, I started it like my freshman year in high school. uh, And it was like a big thing in Minnesota, but at this level, it's like, you know, there's a lot of eyes on you. Husker fans, they breathe, they live football out here. So, like, be bringing my brand to college and everything is just, like, it's really big because uh, I know that if I do what I'm supposed to do on the field and be a good person, people are going to want to work with me and give me opportunities. And so that's definitely, like, a big thing, I'll say. Uh, and we have meetings about it. Like, as the freshmen, we have, like, the life skills meetings. It's about, like, how NIL, you know, can really, really be beneficial to you and stuff like that. So they, they give us, that's another thing they provide us with is the opportunity to learn about, you know, life and not just football, just learn about the outside world and how you're going to be able to live life after everything. Yeah. And that's an important thing to keep in mind too, that, that some guys are going to have to work on that. Obviously I don't think you got, you have to work on it as much because you're just, you're naturally a personable person. And I think that you're, you're very humble in that way that think about, you know, X company wants to make you the fa- the face and the spokesperson for their brand. Yeah. Well, obviously they want you to be an upstanding person, you yeah. know, not only a great player, but they want, they want somebody within their own company to feel happy and comfortable with that. Like, yeah, Emmett Johnson, that, that guy with that great smile and, and the humble attitude and the hardworking attitude, like I'm so proud that he represents our brand, you know, because that's, that's a real thing now. And for you guys to have to navigate that at 18, 19 years old is pretty wild. It's yeah. really wild. Because yeah, sure. I remember my, look, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, ha- I got a 1.8 my, fresh, my, my freshman first semester because yeah. I, just, I just messed around too much. Yeah. You know, I was redshirted. Um, 
you know, we, we would go out after practice on a, on a Friday or a, you know, Thursday night after practice when the team would travel on Friday and we'd party for three days, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I let, I let my studies slip. Now my, the one caveat to, to all that, and I'm going to ask you this question as well, what you're, what you're going to be focused on academically, but I came into K-State as a mechanical engineer uh, major. So dude, I was taking all of these math courses that I had no, no business taking. <laughs> I wanted to go into aeronautical engineer. I wanted to go in and like build rockets and, and missiles and bombs. Like that was kind of my dream. Um, yeah. and I was on a course to, to learn all that stuff. And dude, I was, it was so far over my head plus all the football stuff. Um, so I switched majors, got my priorities straight. But um, let me ask you, since you're already taking courses, are you just taking generals right now or do you know exactly what you want to get into? Oh, yeah, I'm taking generals, but I just had my meeting with my counselor like last week and I'm trying to major in uh, finance. And I think a big reason of that is like I grew up, like I said, loving money. That's kind of my nickname now, like the money. And like I grew up knowing a lot about money and everything. But now that I'm at this stage, like if you were to hand me a lot of money right now, I just wouldn't know what to do with it. Like. And just getting the knowledge on how to manage my money, how to manage accounting, uh, how to invest in my own brand, uh, stuff like that. That's a big that's a big thing for me. And so I feel like finance is just a major that fits me and will be able to help me in the long run and also like help my family. Uh, nobody in my family majored in finance or anything. And so I, I just think it fits me really well. I was thinking sports journalism, but that's more of what my brother's doing right now. Mm-hmm. And he's getting into Like I said, he knows a lot about sports like so much about sports so that fits in better and i think finance fits me uh really well especially at this stage in my life yeah Yeah. well then you guys can just collaborate when everything when your football career is over after you know 15 years in the nfl you can uh (laughs) you guys can go in the go into business together yeah for sure so looking at the 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 football side of things i'm imagining that you guys have the playbook maybe not the whole playbook is installed but um, what is, what has that been like for you going from a high school offense to now a power five offense under Scott Frost? Yeah, it's completely different than a high school playbook. I mean, high school, the playbook, I was able to learn it in like probably a few weeks and know everything with the signals. But at this level, you know, we have a new offensive coordinator this year, Mark Whipple, mm-hmm. uh, who was the offense coordinator at Pittsburgh. Uh, Coach Frost brought him in. Uh, Coach Joseph, uh, the receiver coach from LSU and everything. So it's the playbook has been really, you know, it's been difficult. I first came in, I was like, you know, everything's faster. Everything's, you know, happening quick. But when I really sat down and like focused on one install by one install, like I started to understand things better. And now I'm really understanding it well. That's all I've been doing here really uh, on this weekend break is just studying the playbook because fall camp's coming up soon. Uh, and I know that's something that I have to really know. And so it's been it's been like tough, like at first knowing it. But now that I'm getting into the signals and I'm trying to meet with quarterbacks and everything, uh, I definitely think that I'll be a master at it real soon. Like, And that's just the school part of it, too. Like if you study something, you'll be really good at it. So I really uh, limit my time. I like hang out with people and everything and just kind of use that towards the playbook because that's what I'm really out here for is football and school. So. Uh, it's just about sacrificing the time, putting in the extra time for the playbook. I definitely feel like if I didn't do that right now, I'd still be like struggling a lot on it. But I understand yeah. it well. 
And it's a competitive running back room. I definitely say, like, we have 13 running backs, I believe. But uh, just knowing the wow. playbook, yeah. And that's the good thing, though, about competition is that it's going to make me a better player. And knowing that if you play here, I know if, if I play here well, that I could be playing at probably anywhere in the country just because of the competitiveness. We brought in so many players for each position now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got receivers coming from LSU, Alabama D linemen, like players coming from all over. And so I think that's going to push me to be a better player. And I've already been, you know, standing out uh, in the little things like just outworking people uh, yeah. smart when it comes to the playbook. And, you know, a lot of people ask about the red shirt and everything, but that's definitely not even in my brain right now. Like I'm just focused on learning the playbook and the coach knows that I'm capable of helping the team this year in some way, like whether it's special teams or anything, but I'm just going to keep working at that and fall camp, go out and do my best and see what the coach uh, thinks of me. So. Yeah. No, this seemed like the obvious piece of advice, but yeah. um, coaches, coaches aren't going to put players on the field that are coach killers. You know, they want to trust you yeah. and they're going to go oftentimes if it's, if it's apples to apples, when it comes to skills, skill set, they're going to put the guy out there that is not going to bust. You know, they don't want any, they don't want any mental errors. They don't want any MEs, you know, they don't want to turn it on. And on a, on a Sunday morning when they're reviewing tape with the head coach and the coordinators and they're like, why is Emmett not doing this? And yeah. that, that running backs coach or that coach, the position coach, like, I don't know, we coached it. We talked about it. We went through it, yeah. we repped it. And all of a sudden now, if they can't trust you, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're like five-star guy, doesn't matter if you can, you know, run a four, two, doesn't matter if you can catch everything. If you can't line up in the right spot and execute the right play, they're not going to play you, you know? So you've got the right approach, hit, hit the books, treat the football portion of this thing, just like you do your academics and things are going to seem overwhelming, but take it in small chunks, you know, just learn a little bit here, review, 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 master that, move on to the next thing. Cause everything does sort of build off, off of the next thing. Um, and then, you know, keep in mind, once you get into the season, everything's going to change again. You know, yeah. one, one set, one offense, one play that you have against Purdue is going to be different against Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> they're going to call it the same way, but they're going to say, no, no, no. You know, we, we told you to attack that guy's outside hip. No, we actually want you to attack the inside hip because this guy plays it this way and, and they have a little bit different scheme. And so you got to be flexible too, you know? Yep. For sure. And I definitely feel like at the running back position, I kind of just, seeing everything from a different perspective now like when i actually sit down and watch the film and the different angles i can actually like read a linebacker read what they're doing before the play like know where they're gonna go that stuff like that that i didn't have in high school is what i have here like just the access to everything like being able to know you know what gaps can open up being able to read the old lineman because now it's like the old lineman six eight three hundred like in high school my whole my tallest old lineman was probably six one and now it's like I got these big old linemen from Nebraska who are willing to block for me. And it's just like it feels it feels like good running behind, you know, big old linemen and everything. But that just shows how much more I have to be on my stuff. Like it can the hole can either open up or it can close really quick at this level because everybody's fast. Everybody's strong. So, yeah, that's how much I have to just be a genius when it comes to, the, you know, watching film and everything and just yeah. study the opponents. Like I've already been looking at Northwestern's film and everything yeah. our first game so well and the and the tighter that you can the tighter you can cut off of those the offensive lineman hips yeah. that's going to make it really tough for the linebackers in the in the secondary because 
you know, as much as that they're going to be bigger and faster and stronger, they're going to be better than what you saw in high school. There's still a natural tendency to overflow, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and if they, if they are two steps outside the gap and you're keeping everything tight, dude, that's, you're breaking arm tackles versus, you know, a head up tackle. So yeah, they're bigger, uh, but you got to use that to, you know, use it. So my my last kind of question is we're winding this thing up is when you look at, when you look at your tape and you look at, you know, you've got a crowded running back room and you seem to be very self-aware of where, where you are in life and where you are with your skill set kind of what sort of things that you need to work on to really make sure that you can make an impact this year? Yeah. Uh, like you said, just definitely being uh, a smart player. Uh, like you said, knowing where to line up a uh, little stuff like that. Cause we have so much talent uh, in the running back room, but like I said, the little stuff like that about knowing where to go knowing where to be, knowing what gaps going to open up, knowing who to block, just a little stuff like that's going to separate me because, you know, skill takes you a far way, but at this level, you got to, you got to know a lot about football and the coach, my running back coach says all the time, you got to love football and like, you have to love it. You can't just like it to be at this level. You got to know everything about, like he even asked us to ask our own linemen uh, where they grew up, what's their favorite food. Like you have to know everything. You have to love everything about your work. And I think that's definitely what um, I'm going to try to master at this level, just to be a football genius and know everything. But Definitely, I've been getting strong. I put on 10 more pounds, I believe, from like when I came here for my official visit and everything. So I've definitely got a lot stronger, but already stronger. I've gotten faster as well. I'm not going to say like I don't need to work on something because I could definitely work on everything. Uh, but I think my cutting ability and everything, that's like natural. But I've been working on that, too. And so I definitely feel like once I get more live reps and like in fall camp and everything, I'll know like what exactly I need to like focus on at this level, but I definitely think I'll rise to the occasion, just how the game's faster. I love playing mm-hmm. fast and everything, but I just got to be disciplined in every area, uh, not make that many mistakes and just help the team in any way possible to win games. And that's, yeah. a big thing. we were three, nine last year, but so close to being nine and three, like our, we had like the best three, nine season probably ever last year. We lost so many close games and everything. And I'm looking at the talent this year, and I'm just like, I don't know how they even lost last year. Yeah, yeah. We got some new, really good players. So this year, I'm just looking forward to winning games. And whatever it takes to win the game, that's what I'm going to be willing to do, whether it's yeah. a big return, whatever it is. So Yeah. Well, I'll leave you with this one last little snippet. Um, yeah. n- no doubt that you've got to love the game, for sure. But I think when, in my experience, when when coaches sort of talk about that, I really think that as a player, yes, you have to love the game. You've got to love the game so much uh, on a daily basis to, you got to love the challenge on a day-to-day basis. You know, I think everybody likes the game. You've got to love, you've got to love Sunday through Friday. Everybody loves Saturday. Everybody loved Friday nights. Everybody loved Saturday And and you get in the NFL and everybody looks forward to Sundays because, you know, that's, that's a day where you just can, you can play free and you're playing in front of a crowd and, you know, your adrenaline's going, but if you don't love the process of waking up on a Sunday morning, feeling like shit, cause your body's beat up, you're tired, but you still know that you've got to do something that day to, to get your body right for the next practice, go through the film, get broken down, have the humility and the, in the thick skin to take the coaching 
and use that to motivate yourself to the next day. If you don't love that process, you're not going to, you're going to fall behind, you know, and that's, that's where you've got to find the love. Everybody can love Saturday, dude. You're going to walk out there at Memorial stadium and it's going to be a packed house, which they've been packing that house, you know, for the last hundred years. 1962. You know? yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they're going to be a sold out crowd and it's going to be unbelievable. And it's the, some of the best fans in college football. Um, that's easy to get up for, but you got to be just excited on Sunday through Friday to, to want to challenge yourself. And that's really what it is. And that's when they say like the process, the process is the grind to push yourself every day, not just on Saturdays. So, you know, that's why it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's humbling. And, um, that's what makes it exciting, man, is like yeah. watching yourself accomplish things outside of what happens on game day. You know, yeah. you, you can get just as juiced up for picking up, picking up a blitz on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and be like, shit, I couldn't do that two weeks ago. You know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that guy two weeks ago. Now yeah. my, now my eyes are open. Now I see, now I see that linebacker, you know, he's faking that blitz and that strong safety hit the gap. I saw that beforehand. Like, that's the type of thing that you, you can walk back to the locker room and be like, that's a good day of practice. Cause I, I did something today that I've been working on for two weeks and nobody else is going to see that 80, 85,000 people in the, in the stands aren't going to see that. Yeah. But my coaches saw that I saw that and I proved it to myself on a Wednesday practice. That's what you got to get geeked up for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, thank you. Appreciate the advice. Hey man, this was, this was awesome. Um, thanks for sitting down with me. It's great. To, it's great to finally like meet you face to face. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it was great to meet you finally. And like I said, don't uh, don't hesitate to to stay in touch. We've got our we've got our numbers. We've exchanged emails, all that stuff. Um, you know, you've got a great startup already. You know, much further than I ever was, and a lot of guys in my generation. So you keep doing what you're doing, and uh, and let's stay in contact. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate. Yeah. If there's any any other way I can I can help out in any other way too, just just let me know. Okay, I will. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Well, that is gonna do it for us here at Unrestricted. I want to thank my guy E Money Emmett Johnson for taking the time out of his already busy schedule in college. My goodness, he's already in summer school, already in the playbook, doing all of his workouts, getting to know everybody on the staff, getting to know. What is offense offense alignment like to eat and don't like and and getting to know all their personalities? This guy is just working his butt off already on campus as a freshman. So uh, I want to thank him for his time. And I tell you what, if you guys didn't fall in love with this guy, <laughs> well, shame on you. I mean, he's he's driven. He's got great perspective and outlook on life. Um, this kid is going to do some big things, whether whether or not it's on the football field or not. That, that to me doesn't matter. I think that he has such a tremendously uh, bright outlook on life that he's going to conquer life um, whether he's playing football or not. So uh, keep your tabs on Emmett. Even though if you're a Golden Gophers fan, he'll be playing for uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So I want to thank Emmett for his time and wish him all the luck in the upcoming season. I want to thank you guys as the fans. You guys make this podcast go. You guys give me the motivation to keep going. Keep reaching out at BenLieber.com to leave me some comments and any feedback. I'll try to get back to each and every one of you. Please keep sharing this podcast on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Thank you guys so much for sharing this podcast. I want to thank Jack's Cafe for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you guys so much over at Jack's. It's J-A-X-C-A-F-E. Check it out. 
if you need a, a party of two or a party of 200, uh, they have the space to give you such a memorable experience. It's in historic Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, it's an old school steakhouse. They also have seafood. Anything that you want, they've got it. And they also have the best patio happy hour situation in the Twin Cities. You want to get together with your friends, have a cocktail, and have it feel like you're sitting in your own backyard. It's Jack's Cafe. So thank you guys to Jack's Cafe. Uh, that's going to do it for me. Uh, thank my buddy Dave Yeager for helping out. He's the one that's been putting this thing together uh, for the last two years. So thank you, Dave. And, uh, and that'll do it. Everybody have a great week. I'll talk to you on the next Unrestricted. See ya. <laughs>